0: It's Thursday, August 3rd. I'm Brian Dean Wright, former CIA operations officer, and this is The Wright Report. Hey, good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Wright Report, your daily news podcast. I've got three briefs for you this morning that are shaping America and the world. First up, Central Park in New York City might soon be home to tens of thousands of illegal migrants, all in a new tent city. I've got that story, plus breaking news on where those migrants are coming from and how a judge just made this problem a whole lot worse. Second, we've got a mystery to talk about. It involves a kidnapping, China, and probably a connection to our battle for the Pacific. Third, I've got an update for you on our series called the AI Revolution. Today, it's about drones operating in Ukraine that are infused with AI that do not need humans to blow anything up. Later, we close out the podcast with a criticism, actually, today from Wendy. She wrote in saying that I'm not covering topics that, frankly, I ought to be. So I'll respond to Wendy with an opportunity for her and everybody else to help me out to do more. But first, let's get to our top story of the morning. Officials in New York City are considering plans to house tens of thousands of illegal migrants in Manhattan's Central Park, plus Brooklyn's Prospect Park, too. So that kind of mass housing in parks has not happened since the Great Depression back in the 1930s. So here's what we know this morning as reported by Bloomberg News and local press. Deputy Mayor of New York City for Health and Human Services, Ann Williams, said yesterday in a press conference, that quote, all options are on the table. When she was asked if the city was considering putting up massive numbers of tents in Manhattan Central Park for illegal migrants, some of whom are now sleeping on the streets. Well, as I briefed you all on this before, the city has been absolutely inundated with over 95,000 illegal migrants over the past year. Plus, they're trying to deal with another 50,000 or so homeless New Yorkers too. So all in all, that has left overnight facilities utterly packed with folks and area hotels filled to the absolute brim. In other words, New York City is simply out of room. And that is why, according to Ms. Williams, that Central Park is now under consideration for a series of new tent cities with exact locations inside the park still being debated. Other parks like Prospect Park and Randall's Island are also under review with tent cities there probably taking up recreational fields that are normally used for kids' sports. Additionally, the city is considering some pop-up tent cities on area college campuses and parking lots of major sports arenas like City Field that is home to the New York Mets. Well, the reason that this is happening, of course, is that there is a record number of uh, illegal migrants, of course, pouring across our southern border, As I briefed you back on July 25th, we have seen millions of illegals over the past two years flood into this country with hundreds of thousands more on the way, which actually takes us out of New York City this morning and down to the border itself. With breaking news out late yesterday, the Washington Post reported that July's border numbers have broken records again. So here's what we know. U.S. border agents arrested 130,000 illegal migrants last month. That is up dramatically from June. Now, the record-breaking part of this number actually comes from the Tucson sector of the border, where they had the most arrests in that area in over 15 years. And here's why. According to the Post, illegals and migrant smugglers have discovered that other areas of the border are getting a little bit tougher to cross, especially in Texas. So, they're shifting to softer parts of the border where there are fewer agents, fewer detention facilities, and less willingness by the now Democrat Governor Katie Hobbs to step into the void. That, of course, is unlike Texas Governor Greg Abbott. So, that is what is leading to this record crush of migrants trying to sneak through Arizona, specifically the deserts west of Nogales, Arizona. Well, as bad as that is, and it is, it's about to get worse. And that's because a federal judge just ruled against a Trump era policy called safe third country agreements that actually the Biden administration later adopted as its own. Well, this judge has said that both of these attempts by both Trump and Biden, they're unlawful. And here's why with some quick background. So basically, these rules say that if you are a migrant and you want to apply for asylum, you have to do so in the first safe country that you get to. In other words, let's say you're Venezuelan and you are fleeing that country. Well, then you need to apply for asylum in Panama. That is the first safe country that you get to. And if you don't stop in Panama, in other words, you keep coming north to America, well, under these Trump-Biden agreements, well, they say that you can be tossed out immediately once you try to cross over the border. Well, immigration activists and open border proponents say that such a rule, that's unlawful. And they point to a 1980 law that says that anybody can apply for asylum at any point along the U.S. border, anywhere. You don't have to stop, say, in Panama or even at an official U.S. port of entry. You can come in as you please, wherever you please. Well, this judge in California ruled that these activists and these open border folks, they're right. He said that the 1980 law says you can come in as you want. And his ruling means that this safe third country agreement, or series of agreements, those are now null and void, at least as of August 8th, unless another higher court steps in to stop him. And if not, that means, ladies and gentlemen, that we should expect to see a deluge of illegal migrants once again crossing the border, well, as ever, wherever they like and whenever they like. So those are the facts and data this morning about America's southern border. Let me now offer my analysis and opinion. For the past few months, folks, I briefed you on three things. First, that you should not believe the Biden administration when they say that the border is secure and that illegal crossings are down. In other words, I told you that it's a shell game, that they're finding ways to categorize certain illegals in different ways and areas to sort of push down the official numbers well what we're now seeing that yes in fact it was and is a shell game we're seeing that that is absolutely true the numbers are at record highs however you organize them and we are about to see that via shanty towns in central park and that'll be demonstrated very very clearly second i've advised that this problem is going to get worse I briefed you previously that the Panamanian government is seeing record numbers passing through something called the Darien Gap. And I've also shared with you that there are over 100,000 migrants that are camped out along the border, starting at Tijuana on the western side of Mexico, all the way to Matamoros in the east. Right. And these 100,000 people have been waiting for several months now, waiting to see how Biden's new rules ultimately worked out in the courts. Well, this judge in California has just made it pretty clear, at least certainly to the the migrants and the activists, that these safe country agreements, all those are out. And what is in is, well, anybody wants to come to the border, you are welcome to do so. And as I advised you, they will. Never mind the fact that the data show that 60 to 90% of these asylum applications will eventually be rejected. Because once they get here, sanctuary policies in these liberal cities say that they get To stay. Which takes us to our third and final thing that I briefed you on previously. And frankly, this is the key takeaway this morning. The southern border has fallen. If we can create an analogy, the dam has broken and the floodwaters continue to flow. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is ultimately a political choice. And let us remind ourselves of why that is. Let's remind ourselves of what the political benefit is to illegal migration. You see, every 10 years, the U.S. government conducts a census, not just of U.S. citizens, but residents, everybody, legal and illegal. So based on those numbers, once the census comes up with those numbers, the U.S. House of Representatives divvies up the 435 seats that make up Congress. So the more people, including illegal migrants that you have in your city or your state, the bigger your census number and the greater power you have In the house so ultimately folks what this means is that more conservative areas and states that don't want or reject these illegals they actually lose power in the house meanwhile the bigger more liberal areas and states they gain power again even if the illegals don't vote because they don't have to in this case their presence is the power and democrats know that and that is why the border is opened and has been open for a long time And that's why this problem isn't going to be solved, at least not at present, because the White House and the Democrat Party understand that there is no problem to solve. They keep benefiting. So keep that in mind the next time you vote for president and those senators and representatives, because if you think that the immigration issue is, in fact, a problem and it is worth solving, well, those folks, the president, the senators, and the representatives, those are the people to solve it. With that, Let's take our first break of the morning. Enjoy the following messages from our sponsoring partners. Remembering that if you don't hear my voice telling you about a product or a service, then I do not endorse it. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Right Report. Let's continue with our briefs this morning with a pivot towards international news. And we start this with a mystery. Two people were kidnapped in the Pacific Island country of Fiji, both of them Chinese citizens, and both involved in the drug trade. According to authorities in Beijing, their kidnappers were almost certainly members of the U.S. government. So here's what we know this morning, and it is a part of our ongoing series called the Battle for the Pacific. That's the fight for influence and supremacy between the U.S. and China amongst those many tiny island nations in the North and South Pacific. So let's go back to June 8th. That is when two Chinese citizens were enjoying themselves in the country of Fiji, the nation of about one million people, give or take. And it's a beautiful place. About 300 small islands make up that country. Well, on one of those islands was two Chinese fellows, both of them from the infamous city of Wuhan, according to local press and the media outlet called Semaphore. These two uh, fellows worked for a pharmaceutical company called Amarvel Biotech, which Incredibly, and this is true, on their website, they actually advertise the precursor chemicals for fentanyl, saying, quote, 100% stealth shipping abroad, end quote, noting that they can actually ship specifically to the city of Culiacan, that's in Mexico, that is also the home city of the Sinaloa cartel. So these two Chinese fellows show up in Fiji to meet. Well, they, they thought they were meeting some pretty big buyers. These buyers wanted a multi-ton delivery of these precursor chemicals. But apparently and allegedly these buyers were not really buyers at all. They were agents of the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration, or DEA. Well, never mind that, because as the group met, local press reported that Fiji's police busted down the doors and arrested two fellas. They were Quin Zhao Wang... And Yi Yi Chen. And here's where this story gets a little bit um, <clears throat> kidnappy. So, Mr. Wang and Mr. Chen somehow ended up in Hawaii with allegations that they got a, uh, shall we say, free ride on an unmarked plane. And once they landed in Hawaii, they were rearrested and charged by the U.S. government with crimes related to the unlawful sale of fentanyl chemicals. So officials say that these two fellows were arrested, they were lawfully extradited from Fiji, But the Chinese government, after they figured out what happened, they called it an illegal rendition." In fact, Beijing now claims that their citizens were kidnapped, taken before they had the chance to speak to the Chinese embassy in Fiji or get proper legal representation. The Communist government said, quote, "This is completely illegal." It seriously harms the basic human rights of the Chinese nationals and the interests of the Chinese companies concerned, end quote. Well, in the response to that, the DEA and the U.S. State Department have said that, no, actually it was quite legal. And really, they just simply responded to the requests by the Fiji government for some help. That government, of course, is led by a man with the last name of Rabuka, or as listeners know him from previous briefs, Prime Minister Rambo. Well, all that diplomatic fighting aside, Mr. Wang and Mr. Chen are now in a jail in New York City awaiting trial. So those are the facts and data related to this uh, somewhat mysterious, curious case of the Wuhan drug dealers that somehow ended up on an unmarked plane with a free ride to Hawaii. With that, let me offer my analysis and opinion. First, let me start with this. I'm not sure if Wang and Chen are in the same New York City jail as Jeffrey Epstein, but if so, well, gentlemen, good luck. Second, and and seriously, this is an example of why it is so important to have friends like Rambo all around the world, because if we're honest, did Rambo perhaps bend some rules to maybe sort of allow a kidnapping of some Chinese folks? Well, probably-ish. But that's how it works. And that is going to become very important as we face off with China all around the world and snatch up these people that we deem to be targets. Finally, this is a very important reminder, my friends, that Beijing knows full well who these fentanyl dealers are. They know which companies are involved, especially in Wuhan, and they know the owners of these companies. And I'll tell you, based on my experience, people like Wang and Chen What they're doing is they're bribing or paying off communist officials to let their drug trade continue. And to be clear, what we're talking about here is killing Americans. And that is why Beijing does not want to crack down because the communist officials benefit via cash or killing Americans. They love both. So kudos to the DEA on this one. Keep it up, boys. And to the Chinese fellas, well, buckle up and good luck. Finally this morning, an update on our series called the AI Revolution. That's the effort by computer scientists and programmers to create systems that are just as smart, if not smarter, than the human mind. Well, this update takes us to Ukraine, where drone manufacturers there are infusing their drone systems with artificial intelligence. In reporting by the Washington Post, Ukrainian drone pilots are now defeating Russian jamming systems by using this specialized AI. And here's how it works. The operators tell the drones where the targets are, the Russians, how to recognize them. And then the drone operators just set these things free. Now, for a time, the drone is in contact with the human, but then perhaps a target moves from their original coordinates or the drone goes out of range, say behind a hill. Or if the Russians use that frequency jamming system to interrupt the signal between the human and the drone, well, not a problem. These AI drones can use their infused software to fly on their own, track down their targets without any help from any human and then on its own fire a missile or dive bomb the target. Now here's what's interesting and I think a little bit frightening. There are more than 200 AI and drone companies in Ukraine working to perfect and advance this technology and of course these autonomous systems. Plus we now know that there have been 10,000 thousand people trained to fly these drones with another 10,000 more planned to be trained in the next six months. And all of that is leading to a degree of alarm, both the sheer number of trained operators, plus the spread of this AI technology that allows largely autonomous drones to blow stuff up without humans pulling the trigger. So let me give you some examples of this alarm. The Post article noted that terror groups in the Middle East and Mexican drug cartels are already exploring ways to use this AI technology to even the playing field with much bigger, more advanced adversaries like the Israelis or the Americans. So those are these sobering facts and data this morning on how the war in Ukraine is actually facilitating the explosion of AI-powered drones and training tens of thousands of experienced operators. Let me now offer my analysis and opinion on this. So every once in a while, an innovation comes along and it changes the world. From a military perspective, I'm thinking about when iron ships were introduced to navies in the U.S. Civil War. If you're a history buff, you know that when other governments around the world heard or saw of this innovation, it rendered wooden ships of the British and Spanish navies largely irrelevant. And along with them went their global power. And that's how I see AI, but candidly, with far greater danger, because we're entering into an era where some cheap AI software and some, say, cheap swarms of drones can take on and defeat otherwise superior forces. In other words, we face a future where you don't need a trillion dollar budget and a Pentagon building to rule the world. You can be a, a Zambia or a Cuba. And with a fairly modest AI investment with some very modest hardware, you can take on a pretty serious global power and either win or just hold your own. And that's true of terror groups, too, and cartels, right? They can neuter not only, say, the Mexican military, but also, God forbid, certain parts of the U.S. military, too. Folks, the point is this. We are losing our advantage to take on and take out America's enemies, even the small ones. So if we were smart and had good leadership, we would act now, right? Utilize that advantage while we have it and prepare for a new era, folks, where destroying our foes is going to be nightmarishly hard. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude this morning's episode of The Right Report. But I've got one more thing before I let you go. So enjoy this next break, remembering that if you don't hear my voice on these next messages, I do not endorse it. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Right Report with one more thing before I let you go. Wendy from somewhere in America, she wrote in with a critique of my brief that I gave you yesterday about the Department of Justice and their indictment of Donald Trump. Quote, Brian, I appreciated learning more about the details of President Trump's indictment. However, I'm very disappointed that you based your show on, look, squirrel. You were distracted by that instead of focusing on Devin Archer. That's the business partner of Hunter Biden. He testified about the Biden crime family. And that is where America's attention should be focused. This is where your show needs to be different than mainstream media, end quote. Well, I earnestly appreciate the critique as always, Wendy. And and I should say that to everybody that Wendy and her note, joins a fair number of others asking me to cover certain topics, or others are disappointed or angry that I'm not covering certain things. So, a few responses to think about and consider. First, Wendy, you are absolutely right that Mr. Archer's testimony, it was shocking and alarming. For folks who are unaware, he confirmed that Joe Biden participated in over 20 phone calls with Hunter Biden's foreign business partners. And that directly contradicts Joe Biden's statements repeatedly for years that he never talked to his son about his business deals. And certainly, Joe Biden says he never assisted or participated in any way in any of Hunter's business deals. In other words, folks, Joe Biden has been caught in a lie again about the extent of his involvement and profiting from his son's business deals. And yes, Wendy, it is outrageous. It is yet another reason for why the Department of Justice should be investigating this stuff, but hasn't and won't because our government is increasingly corrupt and we all know that. But Wendy and everybody else, I want to offer you a, a gentle reminder and an opportunity to help. First, the reminder. I am one person. I don't work for a company. There's no Fox News or NBC behind me that, you know, gives me a salary or benefits. Nor do I have a staff or researchers or assistants. I have me and a sound guy who helps. And each day I work very hard to deliver a show that I believe offers up value to you all each and every day. And I'm proud of that. But because I'm a daily news podcast of one That means that I can't and won't cover everything or most everything. I'd sure like to do more, but without additional resources, I just can't. But Wendy, I've got good news for you. You can help me, and so can everybody else. Here's how. So let's start with this. Next week, it's going to be a little bit special, a little different. First of all, two things are going to happen. First, I'm going to have much shorter shows each day, all to prepare for August 14th, right, that week is the one-year anniversary of the Biden administration's multi-billion dollar program launching the so-called green energy revolution. So that whole week of August 14th, I'm going to cover that energy revolution by relaunching my series called Dirty Green Energy. That's an exploration of solar and wind and batteries and electric vehicles. Plus, I'm going to give you a new report or episode on the future of dirty green energy, right? That'll include innovations that might make that dirty revolution a little more clean and green. So as I prepare for next week to do that and give you those shows starting August 14th, I'm going to talk to you all about, whether it be Wendy and everybody, an opportunity to pitch in to help me and this podcast grow so that I can cover more things that ultimately everybody wants, right? It's going to be a crowdfunding effort, I'm going to ask you all to pitch in with whatever your hearts and wallets allow. So I'll share more next week. But for now, think on it and consider whether you can help. In other words, consider whether or not you get value from the right report and ultimately what it's worth to you. And just to let you know, I'm still looking for advertisers and talking to a whole bunch of folks. But I'll tell you, those conversations in that process has been slow, candidly. And that's because the feedback I keep getting is that the economy is in not uh, such great shape and that companies are pulling back in their advertising. So what that means is that the future of the right report will at least for the short term be in your hands. And I'm really hopeful because I think that after a great crowdfunding effort and a relaunch of the Dirty Green series demonstrating value to you all, I think we're gonna come out on top and we are gonna do more stories on the things you like and the stuff that you want to learn more about. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude your morning brief. As always, I will see you tomorrow, God willing. Until then, I leave you with the creed of every good spy and every wise American. They're the words from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Good day.